Welcome to the first episode of I Am The Image. We are a group of black seminarians discussing culture, faith, theology, and everything else. Today we have the table, Monkeevis. How are you doing, Monkeevis? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm cool. That's I'm excited cool. to be here. Yeah. We have Rebecca. What's going on, Rebecca? Hey. <laughs> and we have a special guest, Cheyenne. What's up, Cheyenne? Hey, y'all. What's up? Hey, Cheyenne. <laughs> 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 trying to make me nervous. <laughs> no, nah, we're not trying to make you nervous. So today for the first episode, we are kind of discussing why. Why another podcast? Why I am the image? So I'm going to ask y'all, Monkey, why don't you start us off? When you think of I am the image, what does that mean to you? Well, I am the image. Um, I mean, if you know much about the Imago Day being made in the image of God, um, that's what it means to me, being image bearers. And though we are far from what God intended, um, we are still made in his image. You know, we've been redeemed and justified through Christ. And I feel like that right there is so relevant um, in the world today with everything that's going on. You know, right, right. I echo what that. you think? I echo that. You know, I am the image is really a um, it's 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 the it's the direction where we need to go concerning every, just all human beings. I always say every human being on earth is the uh, imago day. Even you know, even though God's children are scattered in between, you know, believers are you know the children of God, and then you have. You know, all human beings being the image of God. So it's it's. Uh, I think that's the direction we need to go concerning um, the relevant topics of today. Yeah, yeah. Shane, what about you? What you think? Um, when I think of I'm the image, I think about how um, being created in the image of God means that we're supposed to reflect His characteristics um, mm-hmm. and how we act and in how we treat each other. And I think. You know, given everything that's going on with the racial climate and um, police brutality, it's definitely a pertinent time to talk about how, as black people in America, we're not, you know, treated as those who are made um, in God's image. And, you know, I just think about, you know, just the laws of the Old Testament, like how, like, if you killed somebody else, like, you were supposed to be, like, sentenced to death. And, um, you know, taking a soteriology class this summer, the professor talked about why that is. Um, like, why is it um, that people are supposed to be killed if they kill somebody else? And because it shows the value of human life. You know, God has given each and every one of us, um, you know, life. And so for somebody else to take that and to desecrate his image is a huge deal. And so I think that when I think about I Am The Image, I think about the sanctity of human life and how, unfortunately, as black people, our sanctity isn't always honored. Right, right. So the other day I did a little deep dive on the image and uh, the image of God and how we are being made an image of God. This word image is first popped up in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and it just goes through how we are created in the image of God. But what's interesting is the image, it's directly correlated with ruling. So the verse says that, then God said, let us make humankind in our image after our likeness. So they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. So what do y'all think about the image being directly associated with ruling? Well, it's kind of like what Cheyenne, you and I learned in Dr. Klingler's class. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, Dr. Klingler is an amazing B.E. Uh, professor of Biblical Exposition here at Dallas Theological Seminary. But um, that was God's intention. Um, mankind was supposed to be um, 
a representation of God and ruling, you know, here on earth. Mm -hmm. You know, like as God is God, he's a ruler, you know. Right. Um, mankind was supposed to be that representation. Any thoughts about that? I'm not sure if I think about it differently. I mean, echoing what Monkeva's just said, you know, God created man and female to represent his rulership on the earth. And that's that was the assignment that he had given, you know, the first humans that walked the earth. So bringing that up, speeding up to today, how Jesus Christ, you know, uh, the Shekinah glory that lives in us, mm -hmm. at the same time, we are the image, his image, and he's actually housed in us. I mean, I, when I think about that, then I think about how, because I do believe that all humans are the image of God, but not all humans have the Shekinah glory resident within them. Mm -hmm. And so you have a lot of humans that are ruling the earth apart from the Shekinah glory, mm -hmm. you know, that's real, you know, yeah. and so you, these are just some of the, these are just some things that I think about when I guess what you just said concerning rulership yeah. and concerning the image of God, how in one respect, you know, we are basically living out his plan, his sovereign will. Humans are indeed running the earth, but um, they are not running the earth according to, you know, his divine design, yet they are still bearing the image of God, if that makes sense. Right, right. You yeah, know? I think of it as a, a call. Like when Adam and Eve were creating the image of God, God gave them an assignment that they rejected. You know, they uh, were made in the image of God. God tasked them with spreading his kingdom and being his representative, but they chose to rule themselves. And mm -hmm. I, so when you're saying ruling outside of the Shekinah glory, I think we have the decision to uh, follow the Lord and be his representative on the earth or to rule ourselves. And we see all too well, especially in our country right now, when we choose to rule ourselves, the result is not good. So um, any other thoughts about that? I know that God has given in his sovereign will, and I think a lot of people are, you know, still, especially Christians are still trying to reconcile the idea of ruling apart from God, but that is indeed his sovereign will. When you think about the divine decree right. and how he has decreed for mankind to rule with or without him mm -hmm. so that we can see what it is to have life without life apart from him. And as you can see, you know, the, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of hell is um, thriving side by side. Is that a good way to put it? Um, not, not so much as thriving. I don't know if thriving is the right word, but they do exist. Yeah. They do exist side by side. You have a lot of pockets of um, heaven all mm -hmm. across the earth, you know, where heaven is just reigning supreme. And then you got a lot of pockets of, you know, just the darkest pits of hell are just, you know, being made, you know, are being experienced and seen on earth. So this is what it, in, it does indeed look like to rule the earth, you know, with and without Christ. Right, right. Cheyenne, I'm going to bounce this next question to you. So what makes us feel the need to declare at this time that we are the image of God? Um, I think it really goes back to kind of what I said earlier. Um, you know, we're living in very, um, you know, tumultuous times. Um, you know, this past summer, um, you know, George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis, and that set off a series of, you know, protests across the nation for Black Lives Matter. And that was, you know, this is not the first time this has happened this you know, George Floyd, his death just happened to be public, but we've had hundreds and hundreds of, you know, these deaths happen to African-Americans over the past couple years and even before then. And so I think it's important to just emphasize, especially as black Christians, that black people are 
made in the image of God, um, that we're sacred um, in his sight. And because we're sacred in his sight, we should be seen as sacred in the sight of others. And um, unfortunately, a lot of the things that have happened, the relationship between the police force and the black community oftentimes doesn't glorify that. Oftentimes police officers interact with us in ways um, that can be considered careless and that don't honor that sanctity. And so I think that's why it's important to um, declare it right now. Marquis, what you think? Kind of piggybacking off of what Cheyenne said, um, with everything that's going on right now, I feel like we're forgetting that we are God's creation. Mm -hmm. And that's like, to me, it's like a slap in his face. You know, um, and what is so sad is that even as Christians, we try and justify, you know, some of this this foolishness that's going on. Like what what has bothered me is you have people like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, you know, they, they bring up, you know, their past mm-hmm. as if, you know, despite all that they've, you know, done, their criminal history or whatever, they don't have a chance at reconciliation with God or being saved, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that bothers me. It's like you have a past, you, you aren't righteous before God without Jesus as well. And so to me, um, that's, that's something that's so relevant, you know, despite your, your class, your race, whatever, everyone is made in God's image. And that's, what's so amazing about God and his creation is it's diverse. Mm-hmm. It's different. That's real. I guess with me, when you think about, today's culture and where does the Imago Day fit into that and why is it necessary? I've been flirting with this idea just in my own personal spiritual life for several months and I think it probably um, kicked off with the killing of George Floyd and I'm like, and then the pandemic came and I'm like, God, what are you doing? What's happening? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, God is always going to protect his own sovereignty. He's going to protect his own glory. And when you think about all of humans and how we are just constantly injuring one another in so many different respects across the world, not just in America, across the world, it's like with this pandemic, God has told us to go to go to your room, mm. <laughs> stand back, get get away from each other. Right. You know, because you all constantly slap each other in the face. You spit each other in the face. You are constantly desecrating my image. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you, you yeah, feel that's me? real. That's real. You feel me? Yeah. So it's like we gotta wear masks. We gotta mm-hmm. we gotta be six feet apart. Mm-hmm. We can't, you know, congregate like we have been. Mm-hmm. God has spread us apart because we have desecrated his image for decades, mm-hmm. centuries, essentially. Yeah. And this is not the first pandemic, you know, global pandemic, but this is this is the first one in our lifetimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. And <laughs> This is like nothing we've never seen before, mm-hmm. how it is effect- it has affected the entire world. And it's like, you know, God is sovereign. This world belongs to God. Mm-hmm. And he, it, you know, the Bible does talk about how this earth will endure. Mm-hmm. And it's like he is going to have an answer to the, the amount of injustices and blood that is being spilt, you know, behind the evil that is just running prevalent, you know, throughout our society. So when you talk about his image, he's going to protect his image. He's going to, he's going to, you know, do what he needs to do to honor his own image. And that is 
people. Mm-hmm. So when all of this started to happen, the idea of, you know, the Imago Day and the image of God and how all men were created in his image, that was just so that was that was the theme that was in my heart for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Like this pandemic, all of the racial injustice, God is protecting his image. He mm-hmm. is saying, look, I'm not on your side. I'm not on your side. I'm on I'm on my side. This mm-hmm. is about my glory. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. Um, I think it's uh, us as Christian, as the body of Christ, as a body of believers, I think it's our responsibility to get behind God and what he is um, doing, just looking at the history of events and just really stringing, stringing everything together according to scripture mm-hmm. and to say, okay, you know, this pandemic, racial injustice, you know, all, everything that's going on, like, God, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. God is protecting his image. Yeah. What's yeah. so crazy is the pandemic is forcing us to pay attention yeah. to these things. I'm not saying that the protests wouldn't have erupted had it not been had it not been a pandemic, but I believe it wouldn't be as strong across this world mm-hmm. had we not been forced to sit at home and and scroll or you know what I'm saying. So, um, and even the separation from community and from people is forcing us to battle with a lot, a lot of what we've taken for granted. Yeah, I just I, I agree with what you said. Can yeah. I add this too? Um, when you talk about the the image and you're talking about coming face to face with God, you know, I made a couple of posts on Facebook, you know, weeks ago, like you know, let's 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 check, let's recalibrate or, you know, rethink of how we're engaging with one another. If I'm coming before God, I'm coming before with humility and Mm -hmm. just like awe and Mm -hmm. just, you know, the utmost respect and the utmost carefulness. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we have become so familiar with each other's sin pattern. Mm -hmm. People with people we don't even know, Mm -hmm. but we, we, we have, we see a hint of a particular sin pattern. And so we have just cast um, a blanket judgment to where we've become so familiar with them that we're, we're not respecting that they are image bearers. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know if these people are believers in Christ or not, but that we, I do know that that is an image bearer of God. Mm-hmm. And so we have just disregarded one another. And so I'm like, sometimes we got to stand back, mm-hmm. you know, when because th- when things are so muddled because we're so up and close and pro- we're so familiar. Yeah. And so because we're so familiar, we do, we, we cross boundary lines. We don't respect each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, I don't respect your 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 um, the the boundaries that you have set in place to protect yourself. You know, I di- I just completely disregard that because you know I I, I have a I have an opinion about your sin your sin pattern, mm-hmm. and that that pretty much precludes how I'm going to you know treat you. Mm-hmm. And so, with the image of God and us getting back to becoming centered with I am the image across that that's going to allow me to place me in a position to stand, get back off of you, give you 50 feet, (laughs) (laughs) stand back and treat you with some decency and with some respect, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. When I was thinking about this, I thought of at least three things. I need to be reminded daily that I am the image of God. I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to rule and represent him. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to rule myself. Well, uh, rule my family. Well, my community, like we're, recording this uh, a couple of days before the election and being the image of God. There's a lot to say, but, but being Lord, the image of God. You said the image. You said that's the image of you. Right. 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 Oh really? my goodness. Even with <laughs> that's that. Your image? Even yes. with that. Like I continue, Carlos. Continue, yeah, continue. Like we have to like, 
but the second point is like we I have to remind myself that y'all are the image of God. Outside mm-hmm. of this room, everybody I see is mm-hmm. the image of God. I was mm-hmm. listening to something the other day and they were talking about C.S. Lewis made a quote, like if we saw ourselves, humanity in our true form, we'd be tempted to worship mm. humans because that's mm. how God made us. He mm. made us a little lower than himself, a little yeah. lower than the angels. Yeah. And so if we on. saw ourselves in reality, better yet, if we saw our brothers and sisters how they are, mm-hmm. we wouldn't dare disrespect we the image of God. We wouldn't dare cross the line. No. Mm-hmm. And that my third point was, as the image of God, it's a declaration. The other two points were internal, but this third one is it's an external declaration. I am the image of God, and as such, I demand to be respected. Mm-hmm. I demand that my image or God's image be respected amongst myself, my family, my peers. And if I choose to lay my life down for my family, for my God, for my country, that's my decision. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing in this, uh, this world that too many lives, especially Black lives are being uh, desecrated, disrespected. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because if we really knew. Because they're so familiar with our, you know, with our struggle. Yeah. And they look at our struggle and they're like, you know, you can pull your pull yourself up out of that. Exactly. Because they see themselves and they see how they would do. But Mm -hmm. they they don't respect the image of God at all. And I just I have I have a problem. I have a huge problem with the current with this current generation of evangelicals mm. and I don't care what skin color you are if you are if you are a, if you have adopted a way of thinking that allows your Christianity to uh, remove your ability to empathize to have your own personal Moses experience let's just say that mm-hmm. if your Christianity does not allow you to empathize with you know the pain and the suffering and the struggle of a people group, I have a problem. Yeah. I have mm. a problem with, with the way, with what, your Christianity. Let's As just you say should. that. I mm. have a problem with that. Yeah. I, I agree. I concur. <laughs> No, but as image bearers, we should see those problems and we should have the freedom, especially amongst our brothers and sisters, to call those problems out to say, hey, you're not representing our king well. You're not ruling. Um, mm. You're not ruling well. And I feel like so many people have issues with being called out um, about their rulership that we get nowhere. We're so split in this country where if the church were to stand up, be the church, rule the kingdom well. Oh, my goodness. You know, I was reading something the other day. You know, the black church, they lay, they gave in to the culture. Mm-hmm. They, they, um, they gave in to the cultural norms. They gave in to black bodies being seen as less than human. And if they would respect the image of God in black bodies from the 1600s, then we wouldn't find ourselves in this position today. Well, what's so crazy is the church was a huge part. <laughs> exactly. Of, of, you know, the, the discriminations and the, the pain of, of, you know, black people. The church was a huge part of that. You know, white Christians, unfortunately, Using Christianity to justify yeah. slavery. Mm-hmm. You know, the Using irony it, is mm-hmm. they're, they're saying that we're supposed to be, you know, allow, protect religious freedom, protect, right. you know, Christianity, um, having a Christian moral society. But, you know, I, last I checked, my Bible says 
that we are supposed to be apart. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if anything, we're supposed to be being, bringing the world up, uh, up under the rulership of Christ, right. up under the authority of Christ. Mm-hmm. But we have allowed the, the world's authority to rule over the church. Mm-hmm. For the sake of, for the sake of quote unquote authority orientation, because I'm supposed to obey the laws of the land. There's a there's a miss there there is a skewed perverted way of thinking, mm-hmm. and 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 when you were just talking, I'm like, this is not just today's evangelicals. Mm-hmm. This started, you know, mm-hmm. back in the fifties, and it probably started before then. Of course, it, it, it started before then. But when you think about pop angry. culture, but when you think about pop culture, mm-hmm. that's true. When you think about when you think, <laughs> we gonna go back to that. We go back to I that. got something to say about that, but, yeah. but when you think about pop culture and how you know Christianity has just been at the forefront, you know, in the fifties and the sixties, and and how you know it, it 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 impacted our school. You had prayer in the schools, and you know you had you know prayer in the courthouses, and you know Christianity was seen everywhere, and how quote unquote is being removed now. Mm-hmm. But back then. You weren't bringing up society up under Christian. I mean, under up under the authority of Christ. You were saying, you know, you need to respect your authorities. You know, you were you stood against, you know, uh, the civil rights movement. If not, remain neutral. Mm-hmm. You didn't, you know, you didn't take a stand yeah. against racial injustice. You were mm-hmm. impartial. And that's you know, not God. God, was, he's not impartial. He didn't remain neutral. But we the, were dead in our sins. He, but we're supposed to, you know, quote unquote, respect the authorities in place. Give to Caesar what is due, but at the same time, you're not bringing the society up under the authority of Christ. We have a king, and America's not our king. Is that? It's not our kingdom. Like I said, it all just reminds me of the the Tower of Babel. Right. They wanted to make their names great, mm. and that's is something that is so prevalent. Mm. I mean, it has traveled down from generation to generation to generation. As Christians, you know, and we all experience those moments, mm. you know. Um, no matter how large the scale, but it all just reminds me of make my name great. They came to America to do what? Make themselves great. Make themselves a nation. You make know what I'm nation. saying? Like yeah. it's it's so crazy. But that's Bible prophecy though. Yeah. Exactly. When you think about when you think about is that Daniel with his dream of the uh, Nebuchadnezzar's statue? Am I am I quoting by Ezekiel? Is that Ezekiel's dream? Well, the different empires, you had the gold empire, then you mm-hmm. had the, the silver empire, then you had another empire, then you had the empire of cl- uh, clay and iron feet. And that was so Daniel, that, right? That was Daniel. I think that was Daniel. And so you talk about biblical prophecy and how that Babylonian culture has basically traveled throughout the centuries into the Roman Empire that pretty much influenced the entire world. And, to, and pretty much it has blossomed into what we see today. So what we see today is a direct descendant of the Babylonian Empire. Yeah. That's what we see today. This, the culture that we live in, the, the pagan, the, the multi-gods that people, the idolatry that mm-hmm. is pretty much runs the foundation of this country, the idolatry of capitalism. Hmm. You know, it's that we are direct descendants from Babylon. So it's very interesting that you bring it up, but that's Bible. That's that literally is Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. What's Biblical crazy prophecy. is if you just turn the page, mm-hmm. the very next chapter, God meets up with Abram mm-hmm. and he says, I will make your name great. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. If you follow me, mm-hmm. I will make your name great. <laughs> wow. Right? And it's like, if we just submit to our just king, turn the page. Just, submit to, just to turn, just the, turn the, page the page and great. bow down to our king. Like he will make, the church great we don't have to worry about political powers we should be involved because that's a part of ruling but 
this government is not our end-all, be-all. Our king is our end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. So we have to represent and rule for our king. So you got um, Nimrod that said, I'm going to make my name great. Turn the page. God said, I'm going to make your name great. Come on. Cheyenne, you Cheyenne, all quiet. You Come quiet. on. <laughs> what's going on? You got to work now. I know you got to work. Don't be well, acting y'all was like rapping, that. So. <laughs> well, you rapping too? Come on. You always got to work, Cheyenne. Come on now. Bring I mean, it. I was letting y'all talk. I don't. It's hard for me to cut in when people are talking like that. So I was letting y'all do y'all thing. But um, I guess as y'all were talking, I was thinking about what happens. What is people's response um, when they're when the fact that they're not made in the image of God is honored, um, because I think that as human beings, everybody inherently knows that you know there's a difference between good and bad. There's a standard for how you're supposed to you know treat somebody, and even if you're not necessarily a believer, you know that. Um, and I think about how a lot of people, um, a lot of um, you know white Christians in particular, have not been sympathetic to you know, or trying to be understanding of people's responses of looting or burning down um, buildings in response to, you know, the killings of African-Americans because they're saying, well, that's not the right way to respond. That's not real protesting, da-da-da. And I'm not justifying that. Um, But I think about how, you know, for centuries and centuries of centuries, if you see people that look like you and you see their humanity and you see their image desecrated over and over and over and over again, um, eventually there's going to be a response to that standard of you not being honored as a human being. Those white people met. had the same response at the Boston Tea Party. Okay. <laughs> let's just, All right. Let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. Look, let's take it back to Exodus when Moses killed that man. Okay. <laughs> what do you, okay. So I just think about that. Like I think about how um, there's a standard for how people are to be treated. And instead of, um, critiquing the way in which people choose to express anger that is very legitimate. Let's talk about, okay, why are people feeling compelled to burn down, you know, yeah. buildings? Why are people feeling compelled um, to, you, you know, say, to burn you know, to curse of, the police? You, you, you know? felt compelled to burn the king's tea. And people <laughs> have to remember like this. You know, so I think we, we're forgetting that. And I, I really encourage a lot of my white brothers and sisters in Christ who have been critical of the response to police brutality to say how do people respond when they're not treated well and how mm-hmm. do people respond when that's happened they burn for, it down. for centuries and yeah. for centuries and it's happened systemically you know people are acting this way because their image um as you know them bearing the image of god it hasn't been honored and this is where this is coming from mm-hmm. and so i think that that's just something important for all of us to just keep in mind so let me ask those y'all who are this. not black um we've already kind of gotten at it but when it comes to violence, what does violence do to the image of God? Or how does violence violate the image of God? I was thinking about this question, and I remember in one of my classes, the professor brought up this painting. I can't remember the, uh, the guy's name who painted it, but it's a really old painting. But it's of um, Adam and Eve kind of holding Abel as uh, after Cain killed him. And you mm-hmm. can see, like, I really don't like the painting for a couple of reasons, but the, the message is so... Exactly. The message <laughs> The message is powerful though, even though it's it's kinda whitewashed, the message is powerful. Like Adam and Eve's rejection of being the image of God properly resulted in this tragedy mm. with their sons. And so thinking about us, it's like if I choose to reject being the image of God or not rule and represent him well, how it'll impact my children. children. Oh, wow. Mm. Like Adam and Generational Eve. Generational curses. Oh, wow. Exactly. Come on. Come on. Oh, wow. Come on. They couldn't imagine that this rejection, this simple, like if you think about it, it was it was a simple thing. It like was. Like just eating an apple, like that's mm. so simple. And we forget how these simple 
rejections of the image of God result in death. Mm-hmm. And like we we are descendants of Adam and Eve, and right now we're living in people are being murdered. killed, murdered in the street, videotaped, yes, yes. constantly. Mm-hmm. Like if they could imagine the result of their sons and daughters killing each other, hating each other by doing this simple thing. So what do y'all what do y'all think about violence and how it? Can we give a shout out to another platform that I just really love that really speaks upon what you just said, what? the Bible Project? They did a video about injustice Mm. and how it it started. They literally did little graphic uh, cartoon illustrations on the result of the the rejection of their rulership Mm. and the impact that it had on their children and how it has blossomed into. I'm just thinking about that cartoon illustration of how everyone is just blood is constantly being spilled. Mm -hmm. Blood is just constantly being spilled. And that Mm. is the result that is the result when you reject when you reject God. Yeah. When you reject God and want to you, when you choose to you know rule according to your own power that God has given you, and that's interesting how He cut off our power because because mm. because originally we were supposed to have unlimited power. Yeah. And God cut yeah. us off. He said they'll they'll go too far. Yeah. Isn't that mm-hmm. amazing? That's mm. crazy. How powerful are we? How powerful are we that we have you know this this unmatched ability but god is just holding holding us in check so that we don't go too far he's gonna let us go you know so far before he brings his hand his hand down Mm -hmm. but that's getting that's neither here nor there but that is the result to think about the power that we forfeit yeah for rejecting the image of god yeah that's crazy go ahead shane yeah and i think to answer your question directly i think about violence and particularly when violence leads to death i think that when how violence affects the image of God. I think it shows us trying to take the place of God. Um, I think about how, um, you know, God has given each and every one of us life. And so when a police officer uses, you know, unnecessary force, um, you know, to shoot a black person or, you know, to use a no knock warrant and to, you know, (laughs) shoot somebody that literally has nothing to do with the situation. You know, Um, I think it's it's taking the place of God. He said, I shall be like God. You know, you got a whole bunch of I shall be like God's running around here. Um, so I think that's what it does. It, um, it it it's trying to. I mean, we ultimately can't, but it's trying to take God off His throne and saying that you know we decide you know who gets to live or who gets to die in this situation, and wow. it's not. Yeah, so I think it's it's trumping um, you know the authority of God over people's lives. Um, right. You know, God honors His image so much that He doesn't. He okay. So when I think about murder i okay so i grew up very in a conservative church Mm -hmm. predominantly (laughs) white colored church i did that's where i grew up i love them okay it's my foundation nothing wrong with that you know and then i had my own moses experience and then i you know i just learned and researched you just learn you got to just become educated you got to want to learn you got to want to get out of your you know your limited way of thinking but anyway I lost my train of thought. Uh, you grew up in a mostly white church. You had a Moses experience was like, hey, where you had to kind of. You said when you think we about going murder, somewhere. You I was, was going, going somewhere, somewhere, but. I was going somewhere. I was, going I somewhere was following really. you because you was going somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you was going somewhere. What were you saying, Shane? I'm going up the It's basically like how when police officers use unjust force on black people, it's like, you know, authority figures are taking the place of God and are prematurely taking people's life. And that life was given to them. That life was given to that person by God. So for you to take it unnecessarily or unjustly is 
a huge, you know, basically. I mean, oh, capital pass. punishment. That's yeah. where I was going. Okay. okay. Capital punishment. I used to believe in it, right? Mm. So God, in of himself, he is like, okay, yes, he told the nation of Israel, you know, to go out and uh, basically implement capital punishment. But sometimes I think, you know, the, these people don't understand that, number one, we're, we're Americans, we're not Israel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Say God, that again. <laughs> we are not <laughs> Israel, okay? We are Americans. You sound like Dr. Klinger. <laughs> I mean, it's... it's um, the you promises know, to Israel. God, to Israel. When, you, when you talk about the first murder, murderer came, he wasn't... He, he God didn't kill him. God mm -hmm. basically told you, you're going to go live forever in mm -hmm. exile. Mm -hmm. That was his punishment. Mm -hmm. So that's how, that's how much God cares about his image. Mm. You know, but we have a very skewed, perverted way of implementing capital punishment, taking mm -hmm. lives in our own hands. And, you know, this this criminal justice system is just so, you know, Satan is at the helm. Satan himself is at the helm. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's, it's you can become so discouraged and just to the point to where you just, you know, you want to just give up. But at the same time, you know, the body of Christ is here. Mm -hmm. You know, hope is still alive. You know, the spirit of God is, you know, reigning and moving. Mm -hmm. So we can't, you know, we can't fall into that. But just to think about how we are so far gone when it comes to the administration of justice and mm -hmm. taking lives. God did not take, uh, Cain committed murder. And God, you know, told him to go away, <laughs> basically. Mm -hmm. That's how much he still loved Cain. That's how much he st he still honored his own image, if that makes sense. I don't mm -hmm. want to go too far, but that's those are the facts. Those are the historical facts that happen. No, that's a good point because as we consider the people who are taking, you know, black and brown lives, mm. they're also the image of God. Mm -hmm. So how do we how do we navigate that? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, these this body that you've taken was the image of God, but you yourself are worthy of respect and dignity. Because you bear God's image too, and that's hard for me well, to think about. I think that just goes back to the principalities unseen. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like we learned in class, Cheyenne, the woman seed, the seed of the serpent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I mean, it's just two kingdoms trying to reign. You have Satan, yeah. and then you have Christ, and, unfortunately, and they're clashing. Unfor of the, ki the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent taken by force. So, unfortunately, right. death and murder is the it's manifested with the warring of two kingdoms. Right, mm -hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, I do have a right to protect myself. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody's coming after, I don't have any children, so I, I'm not a mother. But I can't imagine, you know. Somebody going after, you know, if I was a mother, somebody going after my child. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's my child. I'm choosing my child. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or if somebody, you know, you, you're a husband, so mm -hmm. you have a divine duty to protect your wife, right. to protect your body. Exactly. So you gonna, you, you about that life. <laughs> you going to be about that life if somebody come after Brie. After Brie. You know and what you I mean? You chose the right one today. You uh, chose the right one You chose today. the right one today. All right, right yeah. all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you better say that. So, you know, Peter. You already know. Okay. You know, Peter, my faith sibling, he was about that life. He was a thug I'm about that this. life. He was, he lived by the sword. And at the, ain't that something? Yeah. How Jesus Christ himself, he said, Calm down, Peter. Mm -hmm. And he picked up the ear mm -hmm. and healed the man. That the man that actually took him to be perfect. He healed the man. That's how much he cares about his image. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, I just had a moment. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, and I just want to say, you know, for all of our non-black brothers and sisters, particularly our white brothers and sisters, we aren't bashing. We, you know, we don't want to make anyone feel 
any type of way. We just want to share a little bit of our feelings and some of the the things that we're trying to process as Christians, especially, yes, especially in this time period. Um, Political climate. Yes. Everything that has happened. We we have a lot of traumatic, we're going through trauma. Right. We're going through trauma. So we just want to throw that out there for y'all, you know, feel free, like, you know, question us, talk to us. Challenges. I I accept it. You know, I don't like having the conversations. My first best friend. Like a few bucks. Like no, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing, y'all. I'm playing. I'm playing. No violence. We just talked about that. Yeah. Cheyenne, ready? <laughs> no, you. Okay, uh, let me quit. Oh no. <laughs> my first best friend in the world was a white boy named Butch. 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 It's my first. Like, I mean, I love that little white boy. That sounds like a storyline of a really, movie. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, it really is. When I think about that, I mean, if we can just, you know, kind of take a step back, and I know we're probably diverting here, but if we can no. just take a step back and just really, how do we get to the play? How do we get to a point to where we are? When I see somebody else of a different color, if I see a white person, I have this prejudgment, even though I, I don't consider myself racist, but I, I we all, I guess we all have racist. Mm-hmm. tendency every mm-hmm. single human being mm-hmm. you know we have a pre-judgment when we see another color mm-hmm. but as kids what in elementary it, we were we were all colored kittens in, mm-hmm. in a bin yeah well, so, we did not see yep. you know we didn't it really is taught it's taught What's so crazy is in class the other day um the professor put some images on the screen of just people like you know different um ethnicities and I felt like it was kind of a challenge. Like, you was just like, you know, just think about, like, what you see when you see these mm-hmm. images, you know. And what's so crazy is we do have a lot of um, judgments, like stereotypes, you know, um, biases, all of that when we, when we see someone. Um, and it's not just based on skin color. It could be based on you know, um, how you grew up, social class, you know, if I see, you know, someone who, who's dressed a certain way, you may, I may automatically think, oh, that person is, is homeless or, or dirty or, you know, like certain things, you know, and we all struggle with that, um, from day to day, but it, it saddens me that, um, we've come so far but have gone nowhere, if oh, that wow. makes sense. That's, no, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, going back a little bit um, to Carlos's question, um, another thing that I thought about is that I think violence kind of, like, desensitizes us. Oh, um, yeah. Like, a lot, Definitely. like, to caring for people. It's kind of like a bad cycle. Like, if you inflict violence on a group of people, um, you know, and that's not just black people, like, systemically, like, if that's just something that's a part of your culture, unfortunately, or something like that, um, when violence does happen to that particular group of people or to somebody that belongs to that group um you may not feel as um sympathetic or as understanding um because you're so used to Um, seeing that so for example this is really quick you know um I think about black women and how you know violence against black women and how I don't think a lot of people know this but I think um domestic abuse is I think maybe like the number one or number two killer of black women ages 15 through 24 and then, you know this past summer with Meg the Stallion and the, the whole shooting incident that she was involved in and so I just think about 
um, how um, and you know how people joked about that and stuff like that. And so I, I just think about how when people are so used um, to seeing violence inflicted upon a group of people, it just makes you desensitize. It makes you view that person as less worthy of protection, right. um, as less worthy of um, you know you honoring them, um, of you considering their life. And so it's just a bad cycle. The more you inflict violence on the person or the group of people. Um, the less and less um, you see them as a, you know, as a bearer of God's image. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good place to wrap up. We got a lot to think about, a lot to consider. This is a part one of a conversation we hope to continue uh, Mm -hmm. with I Am The Image. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. We got one more segment. Monkeevis is going to take us to a little lighter topic (laughs) as we close out. Go ahead, Monkeevis. Okay. It's it's light. It's a little, you know, we want to, this is the two taboo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, So um, just a little question, kind of lighten it up. What do we think as Christians about kissing mm. in relationships so while so before dating marriage. before marriage like what do we think about the sharing of saliva Stop. <laughs> i did not think you were gonna you say know, it like that i'm gonna i'm gonna give the general answer to each his own <laughs> to each his own mm-hmm. i got to agree because if you can't handle it right yeah y- y- you can't handle it right if you have a strong drive mm-hmm. can- Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Hormones a, raging. Yeah. yeah. Why would you sit up here and, as a Christian, subject yourself to that to mm-hmm. where you're, you know, you're going to basically dishonor, you know, your your Christian duty to yourself? You right. Know? There's only one sin in the Bible that sins against your own body. Mm-hmm. So why would you even put yourself in that position, you know, if you can't handle it? But if you, you know, hey, to each his own, if you can handle it, you know, y'all can... D- do you yeah. love be in blissful love? Yeah, you know, just. I think I agree. I think it's like conviction. Mm-hmm. That's because God doesn't like the Bible doesn't say, "Oh, you can't kiss." I mean, right. sex before marriage, you know, that's wrong, right? But I'm looking um, for my Isaac. <laughs> I'm Rebecca. I need for my Isaac to come so I can just meet <laughs> on sight. Oh, I can't. Yeah, on that sight. is crazy. We but don't need to date. I think it's just based on convictions, you know, and not setting yourself up for failure. You know, you can't be in certain situations, you know, certain environments, um, certain times of the day, maybe. I mean, but some people can and be fine. But if you know you can't be Netflixing and and chilling, you know, and I'm not talking about the, you know, the culture chill part, but like, you know, you, if you know, you can't go oh, and watch. Me, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like legit. If you know, you can't go over to your girlfriend or boyfriend's house yeah. and, and watch, you know, Netflix and y'all are by yourselves and it's what after eight o'clock and, and it'd be okay. Maybe you're cuddling or something, but if you know, you can't do that without it leading to something else. And don't just set yourself up for that, you know, but yeah. I think it's romantic. Yeah. yeah. I Me and my wife, we had to, we've been married for almost five years and we had to, the first part of our, you know, dating relationship, she was on, you know, I don't want to kiss until. Did you until just say a dating relationship? What did you relationship, say? Relationship. Dating relationship. Uh, I you said a dating ship. <laughs> Sorry. Our, our courtship. Let me say the, the courtship. <laughs> we were, uh, she didn't want to do this. She, um, she was following um, a certain person's teaching who. Uh-oh. Who uh, advised, you know, young couples to 
to wait. And so we waited. That's the problem that I have. I do have a problem with. But she, um, but she, uh, we broke up for a time. It wasn't because she wouldn't kiss me. That's not why we broke up. We broke up for a time and, you know, we both matured and we got back together and she had told me, you know, Hey, I reevaluated. I've grown. I've, uh, opened myself up to other teachings, more biblical teachings or whatever. And we decided to cautiously, you know, started kissing. But to your, uh, to your point, we had to use wisdom. Like when Mm -hmm. I saw her, we were never alone kind of by ourselves. Yeah. We were always, al- we got time alone, mm-hmm. but we were surrounded by other people. So right. yeah. we would chill out in her parents' uh, her parents' den mm-hmm. and watch movies, hang out with her siblings. She has younger siblings, I have younger siblings. We were always with one of our family members. Mm-hmm. And if we went That's out, we went out. Dating. That's kingdom dating. Exactly. When we so went out, we were family. with other people. We were in. That's amazing. There was like one time, I think, where she was at my house and we were by ourselves and that lasted for a couple minutes because mm-hmm. we had to know enough about each other to know that, hey, this ain't going to work if we constantly by ourselves, you know, so. Yeah. Way to close us on that. Wait, I didn't Listen. get to uh, say what yeah, I Oh, go ahead, Cheyenne, I'm um, sorry. I think, yeah, kind of going off what everybody says, um, to each his own. Um, you know, I think about what Paul said, everything is what permissible but everything is not beneficial you know i can do anything but i don't want to be mastered by anything um what i will say is i know for me personally if i ever do get married one day i decided that i don't want a french kiss before i get married um i did see you just want to peck you just want to peck like kiss it in general you explicitly said french kiss yeah so do you want to so it's like a peck or i think i think people just have to be i think we just have to be honest about what god designed our bodies to react to certain things and you know if you're exchanging saliva and y'all are kissing it's it's testosterone that causes you know that's going to bring up your sexual drive and so after i heard that i was like okay i don't think i want a french kiss before i get married but i'm open um, to pecking, but we'll see. Um, pecking, that's pecking. a new term, pecking. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to use wisdom and you have to be honest, but I think on one that's end, true. people shouldn't be condemned if they decide to kiss before marriage because there are right. certain people that condemn people for doing that, but on the other end, um, you know, if you choose to not kiss before marriage, people shouldn't be looking shocked. Oh, y'all doing too much, y'all extra, because right. there's that vibe too, and that's not cool to me. If two people don't want to kiss before they're married, like, let them be, so, mm. yeah. Hey, well, thank y'all for joining us for our first episode of I Am The Image. What? We will see y'all again yeah. in a couple of weeks. Yes. Thank y'all. Amazing. Bye. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs>